What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Welcome, everyone, to the three-year anniversary of the Rideshare Rodeo audio podcast, covering gig economy news and interviews and even more. Um, I'm glad to be back doing the audio podcast separate, and I know a lot of the audio podcast listeners appreciate that, and um, as much as I've tried, I know that a lot of you just won't go over to YouTube, and that's fun. Um, So that's why I, that's why for three years it's been the audio podcast. I know I've brought a lot of that content here, but this is now its own standing thing again, which, well, it's always been. But I want to st- start by thanking all of the all of you who listen, who have supported, who have, you know, who have, I mean, I, I still get emails from some of you who were listening by episode five, which amazes me because back then, I don't even know, like, I don't even listen to those anymore, not just because of sound quality, but because I don't even know what we were talking about. <laughs> I mean, I was just getting started, so I was just trying to learn this podcast game. But I want to thank all the amazing people, too, as well, who have been guests on the podcast, co-hosts, um, sat in with me, CEOs, um, you know, CFOs, uh, people from gig app companies. And it's 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 just all it's all very, uh, you know, it, it's pretty amazing to me that I've been able to do all this in three years. And I know I had the website going for a while, so maybe a couple people I knew already, but um this week is a special one, being the three-year anniversary. However, just like last year, uh, when I had a guest on to join me, um, I didn't do anything special. We, I mean, it's it's the podcast. It is what it is. I don't want to celebrate and spend the whole time doing that and going through highlights or anything. We're gonna, but I did come up with a different format today, a little bit. And this week, for this three-year anniversary, I've invited. My good friend and app developer, Gary Middleton. Gary, thank you for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and did you kind of like throw some shade under me there? Like, oh, you know, if people don't go over to YouTube. People don't go because like, I refuse to go to podcasts. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I literally, I, I've told, so Gary and I are very good friends off camera too. He knows, I've told him. Oddly, like I start, it was just even recently that a lot of the audio podcast people were writing in and they were saying, um, you know, I know actually some of you on the audio land do watch the YouTube channel, but most of you don't. Um, and that makes sense to me too, because a lot of you write, I, I've actually had this written a lot before Gary, is that a lot of them write in, I don't even understand how you would have YouTube as a gig worker. Isn't that not safe? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, but, but you're not but you're I not live describe, streaming. I you're know, not... but I try and describe it like, well, but you know, maybe they're minimizing it. And 
but yeah, listen to it in the background. But are they? I mean, we both know, man. Well, I I do. Like I throw I it on in I the don't. background, and then I, I go work. It's it's yeah. simple. It's it's no different than a than a radio show or a podcast. Well, I mean, I think the thing with podcasts is that a lot of these, a lot of the people who listen to the audio side, and I mean, there's over a thousand a week that download this audio podcast easy, you know, sometimes it gets up even higher than that. So, I mean, that's pretty good. And they, I think what they do is, cause this is how mine is, is I set the podcasts I like. So every week my, my podcast grabber grabs them all. And then the next week, as long as I listen to it, it replaces out that episode. So it's not just taking up all kinds of room on my phone. Right. Like an, so like yeah, I, I guess my point is you just open up the podcast app and everything you like is already there. Same thing with YouTube. You open up everything's there. Even some stuff you don't want is there. <laughs> I, I think, and and therein I think lies the problem because I have gotten into some emails with some people who said they used to really enjoy some of the YouTube content, but they've pointed out what Gary and I already know. And again, guys, I love doing the YouTube side because Gary and I do a couple shows. I do some other stuff, so I, I do. I think that we do some good content over there. But a lot of people, enough, a handful of people have pointed out to me that there's too much drama on that end. Well, I, I think, I don't even think it's all the drama. I think people just have a preferred platform. You know, if, if you use Twitter, you typically don't use Facebook. If you use Facebook, you don't use Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody has that favorite platform they like. Your favorite platform would probably be Podbeam uh, as far as doing audio stuff. To where I, mine, I, you know, Podbean's YouTube. not a sponsor, so I got to be honest. I don't know if Podbean would be my favorite. I do like audio podcasting, and like I think I've told you before, kind of like Jason Thierry, Gig Economy Podcast. He moved his server from whatever he was with to, to the Cisco one, and I've I've looked into like at least being open to to looking at other podcast servers. Podbean is pretty robust. It's it's added some new features. It's pretty good. But um, it, it seems like it's always a uh, not beneficial to the unless you have a very good reason. It's not beneficial to switch once you pick your poison on what your pod, podcast platform is going to be. Stick with it because the bottom line is is like I have mine so dialed that the second I hit or tomorrow morning at um, eight a.m. Eastern when the podcast drops uh, to every Tuesday morning. It goes to all the podcatchers. It takes about two hours for them to get all of them to get it. But it, so really, you're going to find it on everyone anyway. It's what do I choose? And I, I think I just have this so dialed that if I, I'm, I'm afraid to move it. Like, why? Right. But that's the same thing with, you know, other content creators. If they mainly post to Twitter, they're going to have a bigger following there. But then once they try to move some to something like Facebook, not everybody on Twitter does Facebook. So you, you lose half your audience there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know this from when we do the live streams on YouTube that grow and grow and grow. You see, I, I stream them to, to Facebook and I don't know if it's like you have to be over on Facebook, I think, to maybe make a little more difference because just nobody interacts with it. Well, so for, so for whatever reason, I'm not getting and I guess I'm not I mean, right. I don't have Facebook open. I don't have somebody trying to help kickstart it for me that could be in there moderating or. Well, to me, Facebook has never been a live streaming platform. It's it's just not. If you're going to do live stream, YouTube has always been my go-to. Uh, I I think now with the younger generation, TikTok or Instagram would be yeah. the live streaming 
you know, platforms. And so even Twitter, even though Twitter has a live stream, yeah, I, I don't go open my Twitter to find live streams. So that is one that you see every week that I put up there. And yes, we never see Twitter comments, but I can, one thing I can say about that is I know people on Twitter who watch our streams on Twitter. They just don't comment. I know. I've, I've just never preferred. So, I've, I've always yeah, preferred. I mean, YouTube yeah, again, like you said, it's, yeah. you know, that's one of the benefits of, of the platform StreamYard is to be able to put it out there on multiple ones, see what sticks. But I, I like YouTube too, but I do like the audio podcast. There's a, there's more of a feeling of intimacy and I usually get back some, again, we talk, we pretty, I pretty deep dive, especially if it's just me on some of these and everybody here knows this. Y'all know Steve and what I can do. <laughs> and, uh, um, so it's it's always been fun. Um, but uh, all that aside, let's start before, before I have a different little format I want to run through on, on today's. But before we even get into that, let's start by talking about GaryZapps.com. Um, you guys might know him as Middleton app, Middleton technology apps, uh, Maximo, the driver utility helper, uh, Flex Alert. Um, and now gig wars so i'm gonna let gary do talk about these a little bit because i think they're amazing apps and i think that you know i, I talked about this on on the radio show the other night and the one word i left out is usually the first word gary describes his apps by safety it was implied yes yeah, safety <laughs> I, I don't know why i left that out because i guess i just thought you must know this because obviously you're not going to touch buttons Right. Well, I mean, a lot of people like everybody uses the apps for different reasons. And but the main reason why I created the apps is for safety, you know, and you got to think whenever I created like Maximo 2016, that that's when me and you were still driving rideshare. And we remember how dangerous it was to use these type of apps like Uber and Lyft. You know, we got, you know, things screaming at us through the phone. We got things flashing on the phone. It's flashing, and yeah. I have to try and read the text that's yeah, showing whoever, up. whoever came up with the flashing part, like we, you and I joke often about beta right. mode, but whoever came up with that flashing part, that should have been gone, like, within hours. Like, yeah. there's no way you can be using that. You like, just drive, yeah. drive one time, turn it on one time at night, and, and the flashing alone you know, would, would just kill your eyes. And then you're trying to look at the screen why it's flashing. And, and it's kind of like looking into the sun because when, once that flashing goes away, you can still see that whiteness in, in your eyes, you know? Yeah. And, and so that's where Maximo came in, you know, starts seven, eight years ago now, but it, it was built for safety. I, I didn't want drivers to have to stare at that screen. Why stare at that screen if we can automate this stuff? So, you know, Plus, built you're not staring at it i mean again without gary's maximo app when you're when you aren't staring at it you're thinking about it if you're right. not staring at it it's because you need to be driving but you're going to go back to staring at it going back and forth so you, but it's it's just too, it's a mental game but it's a mental game that i think that is it's like they did such a good job see they haven't i don't think they've spent enough time on the actual let's make the platform work well they just have been <laughs> like how do we control people it's been like human control. So it's like, I think they did a really good job at just keeping it in the back of your head. Like, I got to keep looking down at yeah, the like, screen. Yeah, like, is there one yet? Is there one yet? Yeah. And still to this date, 
there is still what? What? How many seconds do you get for a rideshare? Why do you get a minute for food? You in get like a half a second for a rideshare. Well, Uber Uber <laughs> is four to six seconds in most markets. Uh, okay, Lyft, but see, like to me, that's a even joke. Lyft increased their time though. Even Lyft is longer than Uber's. Lyft is like seven to ten seconds. But see, I'm not. I don't think either of them is. I don't think either of those is good enough. Oh, I don't either. Because I mean, like. First off, you want me to take my eyes off the road, and then I only got seven seconds to look at it. The, I can't make the, an informed the, decision. The, the but thought I, being that you're just going to accept it. Right, and that's what I think it is. I think it's the gamification part of Uber and Lyft mm -hmm. to where they're like, well, if we don't give enough time, they're going to pick out one thing that they really want to know. For example, now we have upfront earnings. So everybody's going to look at it, and they're going to look at the upfront earnings and make sure it's over a certain amount. If it is, they're going to accept it. You know, they didn't get time to look at the, you know, total miles. They didn't get time to do all that math, you know, all in a, you know, four to six seconds. It's just hard to do, especially if you're driving and think of New York City, Chicago, L.A., yeah, all that to try Denver, and do that. Man. I, yeah, I know you leave it out, but I'm telling you, we have some nightmare stuff traffic wise going on, too. Right. But any any major, you know, metro area that you have a lot of condensed traffic now you're trying to juggle these apps because especially if you're a multi-apper, you got four to six seconds to look on an Uber, make a decision. Then you got to accept it. Then you got to go over to Lyft, turn off Lyft, and then go back to Uber. All, right. all while you're driving in this right. very condensed traffic and everything. It's a nightmare. So that's where Maximo comes in, does all that for you. You go in there, you set your filters. It's, it's not taking rides that you don't want because you're the one telling it what to accept. You're telling it what to decline. You know, it, it has so many features in there built for drivers itself. And, and the reason why I say it has so many is because I've used them all. Yeah. I've built this thing from scratch as a driver, getting input from other drivers. And so every feature in here is built for some specific driver. And and knowing you, I even know that I've literally watched people on the YouTube side write comments into Gary like, hey, I don't know why you don't just add this. This would really help. Blah, blah. And it, I'm not saying you people get aggressive, but you people get aggressive sometimes <laughs> when you're asking for a favor. <laughs> yeah, but, but I've I seen mean, Gary if it's literally go, Gary literally, yeah. I mean, maybe not every time, but I've seen the answer be, oh, that, I'll, I'll add that. Yeah, why not? If it's a feature that's going to help even one driver, right? You know, be safer. I'm all for adding it. You know, yeah, it might take me a little bit longer to add it, but then once it's added, every driver can use that feature. Right. And knowing you, I know that you're you're going to look at something, and if somebody's like, "I, why don't you do this?" I'm guessing sometimes the answer is, "Well, really, you could use this filter, and that does that." Right. Like they're just not seeing something. They're, they're not setting up their filters correctly is, is what I mainly see. Like people, they're like, well, I want to stay within a five-mile radius. Right. Oh, okay, and then go in there and set your auto decline for anything over five miles. It's going to decline. Right. That will keep you in that five-mile radius. Right. So, I mean, and with Maximo, guys, if you don't know, Maximo has Uber, Lyft, Grubhub, and... um uh, Uber Eats tied into it. So, I mean, this is turning off ones you're not using. This is, you know, except if it, you know, you put your parameters, it accepts this one. The other ones go off, you're done. It comes back on. And I mean, this, this is, this is a lifesaver because if you're using these, um, 
I don't know. There's no reason that I, I honestly don't believe it's just the safety too. especially. Well, let's bag on rideshare for a minute because <laughs> I still think that that time they've actually proven how bad it is because why, again, why do you get a minute for food? Food, it should be opposite. You should get 10 seconds on the food decision. You should get, I mean, it should be a minute. I mean, as long as it can be on both. But to be honest, like it's much, it to, in my book, rideshare drivers are much more often the tires are moving. Well, the, the, I think besides the gamification part of it, I think another factor that comes into the time is with rideshare, they're, well, they say somebody's waiting on you, but we've all pulled up to the house and they're not waiting. But that's what they say is, well, these people are waiting on rides. So, you know, to send it through 10 drivers at a minute a piece, that's 10 minutes. You yeah. know, to where food, well, food's got to be cooked, prepared, packaged. So yeah. they have that 10 minute extra in there. So I, I, I can see why they want to get this through as many drivers as possible to get it accepted quickly. But, but they know they're being But even, even 15 seconds, even 15 seconds will not really hurt that customer because I, I would bet that their average accept time currently is probably less than 15 seconds see my argument to that would be though if they really believe that why wouldn't they just build your app into their app and allow the drivers the the, the ability to set parameters so that for safety reasons they don't die in a car crash well i mean First off, they don't want to give the drivers that option. I just options. mean real basic ones, right. though. The ones that right. would say, hey, I don't like accepting or declining while I'm driving, idiots. Yeah. Oh, well, we have this basic feature. It's not like, you know, obviously they wouldn't say this, but it's not like Gary's <laughs> stuff. But, I mean, it's got some basic stuff. Well, just, you, to you, me, like, you can't, it's one, it's one of those things. You can't have it both ways. A lot of people don't actually realize this, but in Uber and Lyft's terms of service, it says that you are not supposed to accept or decline trips while your car is moving, but yet mm -hmm. they send it to you while your car is moving all like, the time. Like they know your car is moving. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. But they put that in there specifically to CYA. You know, what's funny about that is that it, at the Denver airport, when you drop off, um, you, you, you want to reroute within the five minutes. Right. You don't have to go to the staging lot right. and go crap them in the queue. Okay. But like the reroute requires you to stay driving. You need to circle twice. So it literally says to get a reroute. I mean, just circle <laughs> twice. So you're saying that in the terms of service, it's like saying don't accept what. Okay. But yeah. at the airport, you better keep driving because. Because <laughs> if you're not moving, we're, not, we're just going to throw you in the queue. Yeah, yeah, I, I know it's a it's a I, and guys, I'm nature. Sure, again, my audio podcast listeners are a lot of them are very veteran, go back as far as we do with rideshare and stuff, and so that they sit here some of the stuff I bark about sometimes, and they just laugh because they're like they're like I get that, you know, like I mean this uh, we know we all don't read the TOS, but come on guys, like you, I don't know, it's it's this isn't the only time one of these companies breaks their own TOS, by the way. No, it's, I don't even know why there's a TOS. Look, the app is what it is. You want to do it? Do it. You know, we can, I mean, at this point, sadly, guys, we know this. At this point, it could be that just for fun, they have a, a dart game and like deactivate drivers with a dart game every day at Uber headquarters. 
Well, I guess three nine seven five two and Denver's getting deactivated. <laughs> I've I've always found it funny that they have the terms of service and and they update it like we can do anything about it. They're like, hey, here's these new terms of service. I know legally we have to agree to it for them, but right. it's it's just one of those things. They're like, what are we going to do? We we have to agree to it if we want to go drive. Yeah. You know, so I, and I think that's why a lot of drivers don't read it because they're like, well, in the end, it doesn't really matter because I mean, they're going to agree and go drive. Yeah, that's or the, disagree that is the and not line. drive. I mean, I've made that joke on this podcast. I've made it on YouTube too, but I've made it on here quite a bit, especially in the early days. Like, man, that TOS could read, you know, your firstborn child is ours. Now, clearly, that's not allow me anywhere child trafficking yeah that'd be great headline for right chair wouldn't it i mean i guess that'd be uber connect um, (laughs) (laughs) but i mean like literally like i i guess like short of that though they they really can and they know that and i mean how many people have asked i am actually curious because i don't even think it is a percentage or even a, a very even something noticeable fraction how many people do you think have actually like gone to turn on for a 10 hour day of driving and gone, Oh, there's a TOS update. I have to read that before I can do this. Well, and Uber Ubers is bad too. Cause it's not like just one, like DoorDash is pretty simple. If you do DoorDash, they send you one. It's one screen. Yes. It has a lot of sections, but it's one screen. Uber typically when they update theirs, you got the Uber, then you got the razor and then you got some kind of state specific one. So there's like four or five terms updated in one that you got to go read all of them. Right. You know, and, and nobody's going to do it. They know nobody's going to do it, but it's a legality thing that they have to do that for us. You know, but what I would think, so like when everybody's fighting about wanting like legislation for $36 an hour in Connecticut and all this kind of stuff, that's unreasonable dollar 30 a mile. Of course we'd all like that, but, I don't think all gig workers can be paid as brain surgeons just doesn't work. Um, But um, like, okay. So with the, with the TOS uh, with the TOS updates, it's uh, I don't know. Like why shouldn't like when we're talking about things like that, why shouldn't there be like, if we're going to talk regulation, why shouldn't there, they go after a regulation that says, Hey, before an update, you have to you have to send it out twelve hours or twenty four hours before that update can occur. Well, because they already have a law in place. You now have, you have seven days. To well, sure, but most people don't know about this. So actually, please go ahead because he's going to tell you guys something. I'm sure some people do know a lot of you, but right. In, in any terms of service update, typically they'll tell you in the in the terms of service. Some companies give you thirty days. Some give you seven, fourteen. Uh, I, I don't know if there's actual law on how many days they have to give you, but I know with all the rideshare companies, Uber, Lyft, they, they give you seven days to opt out of that agreement. And there's also, you can opt out of the arbitration in those seven days as well. So if you accept it and then you finally read it two days later and you're like, whoa, 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 they want my firstborn. No, I'm not doing this. All you got to do is email them. All the information's in the, terms of service of how you opt out you just opt out of the agreement and they they turn off your account now yeah. same same thing though if you want to opt out of arbitration because a lot of people like being in these lawsuits you you have seven days from a terms of service update to opt out and you have to do it every terms of service you can't just do one 
And then the next one, you got, nah, I'm okay. And then the next one, do it again. Yeah. Once you start opting out of arbitration, you always have to opt yeah. out of arbitration. You can't go back and forth. So let's say you've been driving for two years, you've never opted out. Then, you know, we just got a terms of service update, I think, last month. You opt out. Well, then the next time that they update their terms of service, you have to opt out again. Because if not, you're going to be stuck in that arbitration agreement forever after that. See, and I remember that even a little different because, I mean, I'm glad it's at least that now. Because if I if I remember right, like when I started, if you, and things have changed since then, obviously, in a lot of levels. But when right. I started, if you didn't opt out in the beginning, which nobody knew about at all. But if you didn't opt out of that when you signed up, you couldn't then opt out of future ones either. Right. And that's how it used to be. And I believe, and I hate to say California, but they're the ones who typically pass ridiculous laws. Um, I, and but in this case, it was a good law. It could be in either California or Seattle. Um, but drivers were like, wait, wait, wait. We didn't know we had to opt out of that because yeah. we didn't read the terms of service, of, of course. And so that's when they told them that if they opt out of one, they got to opt out of all of them. You can't go back and forth, though. Right. Which means like, so to those of you who are veteran who listen to the podcast and you thought, well, I've been driving as long as you, Steve, in Gary, like I started in 2015. So, and I did not doubt, I don't have that ability. I think what I think you do, but like Gary said, you just then forward need to opt out every time or else you'll be put back into the opt-in. Right. But you have to do it after they update the terms of service. You can't, right. you can't be like, okay, they updated it two months ago. Oh, I just heard this podcast. Let me go opt out. Right. Wait for the next up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has to because you only have seven days from a uh, privacy right. update to opt out. Now, if but they then do, why don't they just put a simple, you know, here's the terms of service. Do you want to opt in or opt out? Yeah. I don't know why they don't do that either. Probably because a lot both, of people would I think opt we both out. Know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you give me options, of course, I'm just going to click the box that says opt out. That way I can sue you later. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just makes more sense. Again, they way. just even, I guess my point is, even after you just pointed out, like, you know, that changed from, hey, when you signed up, you didn't opt out. So now you can't opt out of future stuff. Right. That changed because of California and maybe some other states, but they still aren't telling you about it. No, they're not like legally that problem, required That to. part of it didn't get solved. And that's a big part. Like, yeah. hey, guys. <laughs> well, the, I, think, I think that's part of, part of the problem is, you know, they tell these places, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that. But there's nothing that says that they actually have to tell us what's in there, you know, especially critical stuff. All, all they got to do is say, hey, do you agree to these terms? And you're agreeing that you've read those terms and we know you didn't. Right. And 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 we're not casting judgment because a lot, I mean, we know these happen, like if you're a delivery person, we know it happens right at lunch. Turn on, you need to make that money. You're just, you're agreeing. That's why the seven days are good. But is it, before we move on, is it across the board pretty much? Do are all the apps because of the legislation, as far as you know, have that ability now what to opt out yeah yeah everyone has some type of opt out of well i mean where it doesn't date back to when you started yeah as far as as far as i know they're all like that okay so you You guys if you're not i mean i would suggest you do just wait for the next update and on all of them find out if there's an opt-out version because right the 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 predetermined um auto default opt-in is not to the driver's benefit well it can be and it can't be though 
Because here's the thing, a class action lawsuit that any state brings up to them, if the state determines that they have to pay out drivers, you're automatically opted into that. Yeah. What what these lawsuits are saying, you can't directly sue Uber or Lyft yourself. Right. And, and so but how that, many, I mean, I know of Instacart ones, but how many Uber and Lyft class actions have we seen paid out in the last five years? Quite a few. Really? I mean, of any yeah. sizable amounts of money. Oh, no. Right? I mean, by the time it gets to the driver after lawyer yeah. fees, state fees, everything like that, you get a couple hundred bucks at the most. Yeah. At, you know? And I was going to say, like, I mean, I know an Instacart one that they're they're actually getting over a thousand each in right. Southern California. But to be honest, I don't even think it's that much. I think it's like 80 to yeah. 100, 120. Uh, nine, uh, nine out of 10 times opting out of arbitration on one of these apps isn't going to benefit, especially if you think of this. You've been doing this since 2015. I've been doing this from 2015. How many lawsuits have we had? Zero. Me? Oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm saying we, we've opted into zero lawsuits. Right. So, I, I mean. I think, and again, this, you know, on YouTube, a lot of and a lot of new people come on. And I'm sure they do on the audio podcast too. But I think a lot of people can relate to what we're saying here too. Like, look, I, I understand the platform. I'm not going to complain like some people do because – it is. I mean, it's, it's, I don't care in the end, it's still pretty damn awesome that we're able to turn on something at any time we want and go out and work and we, have an it, opportunity look, to work. Yeah. I mean, bottom line guys is like, you know, I've said, I, I we did an episode uh, on the audio podcast about like how safe is your W2 because how safe is your W2? It's not like, it's not like it was years ago. Your W2 is, I mean, I'm not saying don't go out and pursue one because if you have a, if you just have a drive to do A, B, C kind of thing, go do it. But like realize that, you know, this, the world isn't just, and I'm not blaming the W-2 either, but W-2s aren't safe. Gig work isn't even safe. You could be wrongfully, de- it's just, everything's up in the air right now. And I still, I cannot give up on the fact that gig work is not going anywhere. I mean, what I have it in my notes here for a little down, but um, you know, by 2025, the world gig economy is supposed to triple in size. I mean, there, and here's my opinion on that. It, it's not even so much the exact number, but that clearly shows at least where the trajectory is. And I got to say that if you think the U.S. is going to sit behind other countries while they progress forward with gig economy apps, you're crazy. Yeah, crazy. Because yeah. there's no way that the free market of the world cannot be involved in this. No, I, I think by 2025, I think that's a good estimate. But I also think we'll have a lot more regulations in place by 2025 for gig workers as well. Yeah. Well, and I think that it'll depend on country. And even look at our own country here. We're dividing it amongst the states. We talked about this last week on this right. podcast. And that's even more confusing to me than it was if it was just bl- something blanket that the, that the states could adopt or not. But it's like the way they're targeting all these states, it's like if we got together with one driver from every state, we wouldn't just have market-to-market differences about our pay. We'd be like, they do what to you? (laughs) I mean, like it's going to be so different in every state. Well, I mean, even country-wise is different. Look at Australia versus U.S. Australia, they're regulated (laughs) just like taxi and limo. I mean, down to they can only work so many hours. They got to log each hour and mile that they drive with the state or country or whatever you want to call it. Uh, What are I don't even know what they're called in there. They're not states, are they? 
No, like, uh, provinces, maybe provinces or something like that. Yeah, and and so they actually have to register everything that they do, get special P endorsement license, you know, things like that, just to drive Uber and Lyft. Right. U.S. We just have to have a driver's license, jump in our car. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and we won't even dive down that rabbit hole because that has led to tons of bad onboarding. Um, you know, using bad, like I'm not a believer in checker. I think they've proven themselves to either be just, they are so overloaded. They can't do a good job or whatever the reason, but in the end I stand by, they can't do a good job. We have a lot of yeah, I, bad I people agree out there. there too. I mean, that yeah. needs to happen, but this is what I wanted to hit on. And since we are a little bit in here, I want to, I wanted to roll back time a little bit and I want to, um, I want to go back to exactly what we're celebrating here today, which is the three-year anniversary. So the, this dropped on the last Tuesday of April in 2020. If we all remember, it was um, March 27th when the CARES Act went into place. And it was very shortly after that, and I don't have the date on it. It was either, you know, like the last day of March or first day of April. I can't remember when, they, when the stay-at-home orders came. Now, we all need to remember that COVID and about- the pa- March yeah. 20, March 27th, 2020? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, but when the stay-at-home went in. That's the CARES Act. But when did when did they say, when did they announce the stay-at-home? Because that was very close to it. And I think we all have to remember something here. We, none of us, none of us had ever faced something like this. What do you mean stay-at-home? September 4th. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, even when it's after the CARES I, I, Act, though, there was some informal yeah. one that was like, dude, don't go outside, dumb, dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, you remember. I mean, dude, everybody was so terrified. And, and by mid-early April, they had us in our house. Well, I, I think I think, uh, I think, think they did the first one early March. Yeah. Is how they did that. But then I think the like the permanent one was probably passed later in the year. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because you know, I think that's how they do that. Like they do a what is like an executive order and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it it was it, it's just but it's crazy to me because none of us had ever been through a pandemic or anything like that. And I'm not just talking about like handfuls or groups, the entire country. None of us had ever been like, hey, you gotta stay at home. What do you mean I have to stay at home? We're going to get it all figured out, but you got to stay at home. What do you mean you're going to get it all figured out, but I got to stay at home? Like, this isn't, I was never sold. Everything they, every time they opened their mouth, I was like, dude, you need to start saying things that help me or make sense because I can't leave my house because you said it out, dummy, isn't working for me. (laughs) And I'd like a little more guidance. Um, but here we are, you know, like we're celebrating the three-year anniversary of this. I started this on the last Tuesday of that month. That's about a month exactly after the CARES Act passed. And, you know, helping drivers, doing other things, and starting having CEOs on all this, that, and the other. Well, we all know that within days of the CARES Act, rideshare was, you know, wherever it was, maybe not its peak of all time, but rideshare was high. Deliveries, were, I mean, most people weren't even aware of delivery. Yeah, apps. non-existent. Yeah, I mean, they were there, but whatever. Within one day, it switched. Delivery was through the roof, and there. And I, when I say it switched, all of the rideshare was gone. Like I remember a couple people who were doing it here in Denver, and all that they had—it wasn't even many offers, but there weren't many doing it. All that they had were nurses and doctors. That's it. They were picking up nurses and doctors and taking them to work. That's it. 
And yeah, so yeah, like nobody else was like going need. anywhere, dude. Yeah. And they definitely weren't getting in a car with somebody else because I mean, we were being told that everybody was infected and not to go near anybody. I mean, I think we all see, I think it hits a, a bad spot with even a lot of us, but because if you roll back in time, we weren't even allowed to go see grandparents in nursing homes. Like one of my dearest friends who lives out in Reno, known him since high school, um, his wife, very close with both of them, his, her dad was in a nursing home in North Dakota or South Dakota. And she had tried, 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 tried. She didn't get out there to be able to see him before he passed away. And it wasn't from COVID. But she didn't even get to see him and she want she wanted to see him. And it was like he made it like a year and a half into COVID. I mean, that's just sad. That's I mean, that's just yeah. that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. There had to be other ways to do things. You know, like we knew outside was I don't know. I'm not gonna get into that por- portion of it. But <laughs> what I do want to talk about here is like, so during that time, rideshare died. Instacart and delivery apps went through the roof. And they were seeing numbers like they've never seen before. And for Instacart, we'll never see again. So what, where, where, where are we now, I guess, is, is how I'll put it right now in your opinion. Like, is it just normal now? Is it just normal that the pay is decreasing? Is it, is it based on political stuff? Is it, is it based on all the states and all the legal fees why do you honestly think that at this point, these companies or even one of them, let's pick on Lyft because Lyft is going under very quickly. <laughs> so no, but I mean like why they got this new guy in charge. He's cutting 1200 jobs this week. Right. Okay. So I mean like why he says his dedication is to drivers and customers. You and I have said this a hundred times. Like, okay, here he is. Go then do show us what we've been talking about. Do it, do that. Make drivers get more and make the customers more happy. Try something different. Like, why has nobody decided that the drivers matter? And I know that I, I, I get that it's about money in the end, but it's also about, I know for a fact, rideshare, when I, when I use rideshare now, I'm never impressed by people's cars. I'm going to be honest. Like I don't have to use it often, but like if I go to a concert or whatever, nobody's car is nice anymore. And I mean, nobody's like, I used to clean mine on a daily basis. So did other people. And I could always tell, even when I get into the nice cars now, they're not. And I, I know why it's because they're not making near as much money. Well, that's what I was going to say. You traded luxury for everyday cars. That That's what it was. I mean, in 2015, when I started driving, we was getting what dollar 65 a mile. I mean, it was pretty high. Right. I was on a, I was on a percentage split, but okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you averaged it out, whatever yeah, you, yeah, you was, take your mind, it was order, just really, good. It, it, really good. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I'm just, I think it was 20, 80, 20 back then too. But wherever you average it out, whatever your mileage was, it's closer to like $2 a mile. And I, I would, I don't think I've ever declined a ride back then. It'd like pop up, except pop up, except. Like, well, that's you all- also would have been de- I mean, you could only go to 80%, except that, right. that's when acceptance actually mattered. Right. Like, but, you, went but, under. you know, you went from people who was making money that enjoyed the job, they were happy with the pay, and you slowly just decreased it year after year after year. And those people have left. Yeah. Like, like, there's a handful of people I know from 2015 
that are still doing rideshare. If they're even in the gig economy at all, as far as food apps or rideshare delivery, whatever, if they're even in it at all, they're typically doing package delivery or food delivery because mm-hmm. you can get more money that way. And these companies, let's, let's be real, they, they don't care about the driver. They never care about the driver. They've always cared about their bottom line. How can we make the company money? Because even well, even if the company doesn't make money, though, <laughs> the board and CEOs yeah. are making money. Right. And they believe, and I mean, and I'm not saying they're not because I know, in fact, that they are. They are, they're also very focused on making inroads like they do with every city. They're very into that. That's huge to them when they provide free services to voting or free elder care to the, to their doctor appointments or this, that, or the other. They do this a lot, free rides on New Year's Eve, that kind of stuff. They get in with the city and in some cities they've worked with buses and transit and stuff. So they're getting in with that. So it's like how it's going to make it a lot harder for these states to have regulations against a company they're in bed with. Yeah. And like today, I, I don't know how any, any person does ride share today. I just don't. I don't understand it. I, I can turn on my Uber Lyft. Like Lyft shows up front fares, but they're, they're not on a sliding scale. All the rides still suck. Right. Uber. And, it, and hand, it's actually more apparent with the upfront. Right. But Uber, on the oh. other hand, like, you know, because you had a rate card before. Everybody remembers the rate cards if, yes. if you've been around this long enough. We had a rate card. We, we knew exactly what was getting paid per minute, per mile, et cetera. Well, now, wherever you look at Uber's request, it might be way above that rate card. It might be way below that rate card that you had. Lyft, almost comparable to whatever your rate card was. So they're not even adjusting their fares. They just suck. Right, which actually kind of, you know, I've all you know me. Everybody here knows me. I am all about transparency. That's really all I've really wanted. Like, because I do believe, right. hey man, is if you if you show me, just hey, we'll pay you a nickel to go to the airport and take this guy. Nope. If you show me that a hundred times a day, I'm not gonna take any. Show me the next day, I'm not gonna take any. By the third, fourth day, not stupid. I'm not gonna work your app anymore. Right. Now that was an extreme situation, but it's like I feel like. I've been saying we need transparency forever, but they should have, it would have been in their benefit to do transparency back then because now when they do it, like you said, the, 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 the money didn't change. It's just very apparent how little you'll be making. Right. And I, I don't know what this new Lyft CEO is. He's cutting jobs, right? Yeah. Which I mean, it's corporate jobs. Let's be honest here. They, they probably can restructure in a better way. I get that. But how how is that going to provide more money though? Because you're just going to take that money and blow it somewhere else. I don't know, man. I, you know, like you and I have talked about this, man. Like, where was Lyft when the pandemic hit? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, why'd they just shut down right or not shut? Why down? didn't they why switch they... to package delivery or food delivery or something? Anything. No, no, they struggled anything. through the whole two years. The yeah, whole two they years, didn't, dude. They didn't add anything. Grocery, no. like food, like like the food apps nothing and even their main competitor already had uber eats they didn't look and go that'd be good right now right and they normally followed <laughs> they normally followed uber too that's yeah. what that was what strange to me is they they didn't look at uber eats and go oh maybe we should do that too or, but that's why or, i'm not going back to yeah. 2015 because that pay right. and i think anybody who drove even if you drove like gary said drove rideshare then and now you maybe do some food apps or some last mile apps or other things like that. 
spark, whatever you're still, now you're seeing like, well, okay, I'm back in it to make some money in the gig economy, but I saw what the rideshare rates are. So that's why it wasn't going that far back. I was saying like the rideshare rates weren't good. The rate cards were pretty much at their lowest in like January of 2020, three months prior to the pandemic. Right. So it's like whoever was in rideshare then, I was still too, but I was like hanging on by a fingernail. So I, went, I, I already switched. Cut it again. I'll, I'll cut it again and I'll, you know, boom, I'm done. But I would only, but I'd only, but I also altered all my hours and I only, and even though it wasn't a multiplier, which I, most people remember, but even though it was just flat surge, I would wait. And we had enough flat surge out here where I was able to do the math real quick and make, still make my money. Right. Go ahead and get the, the bar surges, things like that. You know, yeah, I, I gave up on rideshare, I don't know, 2019, I think. I, I did a little bit in Florida because down there they were still paying a dollar a mile uh, because of tourism and stuff. So, you know, my, my rates down in Florida are a little bit higher than other cities normally get. And so rideshare wasn't too bad down there. But package delivery, Amazon. I mean, I switched to Amazon, I think, 2019. It's more where I came out with – might have been a little bit earlier than that. But I think it was around 2018, 2019, I came out with Flex Alert, you yeah. know, which was just the Amazon for Amazon drivers. And I mean, I went hardcore on on doing Whole Foods and package delivery because they were offering me, you know, $15 an hour guaranteed plus tips. Yeah. And and I always got tips. So I was still making $40 to $50 an hour doing Amazon. Yeah. And so, like, I, I don't know how drivers didn't switch. I, I don't I don't know if it's just a... Uh... You know, my guess is market to market because, like, Tony and I can tell you in, like, January, February of 2020, we were still able to, to use the surge a little bit. Like, enough to make it where you could still do decent, you know what right. I mean? But it depends on city to city. But I guess here's my question is that from that time, when rideshare stopped and it was at these low rate carts and there was no more rides to be had anyway for probably a good year, maybe at the end of 2020, there was a few more coming back, but not really. It wasn't until 2021, but for a good year, there was like basically no action happening in the rideshare space. The volume was gone. Nobody was taking them. Other countries more than us, but here in the United States, we were not using these optimizing them. Well, other countries wasn't either. It was on total lockdowns. Right. Well, yeah, it depends on. I, I guess yeah. I don't know the ones that were operating. My guess is there's such they have such uh, mass transit problems that people were still using them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I guess like where those lowest rate cards were, and and where the drivers had gotten to. Again, I was still washing my car. Because I knew once that kind of thing ended, where once I wasn't putting gas in at the end of the night, washing my car, all that kind of stuff where I didn't care enough, I knew that at that point, okay, it's, you were it's, done it's with trash, I'm going to yeah. be done. Right. But so where, where, where are we now three years later from when I started this podcast and that was the deal? We're, we're worse off. Are, I mean, are we worse or are we back to like kind of the same nah. as, that, as that early 2020 period? Well, I mean, I, I don't do rideshare anymore, so it's it's hard for me to say. But I I would say worse off because the rates haven't got any better. I right. mean, you're still you're still three year span. I know uh, when we took Ubers on our recent vacation, you know, I, I of course I took Uber XLs, but you know most of them were nice. In fact, New York City, I I give it up to those drivers up there. Every driver picked me up. I mean, 
they had suits on they had nice clothes on they had you know chauffeur hats on just to drive me around in new york city and i'm like whoa what the hell and the dude's like hey we make a lot we want to make sure you look good and almost all their vehicles nice i think out of 10 ubers we had like two or three vehicles that wasn't really nice you know and you could tell that the drivers who were had the nice vehicles you could tell they're old school drivers you could just tell oh yeah a lot of them were cabbies and stuff too um but there is there is something to be said about dressing up too i used to i worked for a limo company for a while here and did black car service private rides um and we had to wear suit or we had to wear suit tie black um and i gotta tell you that like I mean, on a couple nights, I'd end there and I'd do a few hours in Uber. I wouldn't come home first. There's something to be said. Like, people give you a little more respect. There's like, why the hell are you in a suit? Well, you get in a nice vehicle, you <laughs> typically treat it nicer, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. If the vehicle's clean, the guy's in a suit, like, maybe you're not going to be as as much of a jerk, too, or anything. Maybe you're going to be a little more under control. Like, oh, this guy's not going to find this stuff funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which no driver is, and that's why we have to kick you out, but... Um, I guess, you know, like you, you see the performance of how your apps help people. You see the volume of, of the apps and how many people are going on there and how much, how long they're working. Do you think, I mean, cause again, we already said the global gig economy is pegged to triple by 2025. So clearly the United States cannot fall behind it, but do you think rideshare gets to a new level? without legislation or do no. you think that we're so legis do you, do you think it's going to be all prop 22s in different states well, that want to adopt I think, that type of thing i think it's going to have to be some type of prop 22 well i mean not I, no i'm not even gonna say prop 22 because prop 22 doesn't even help rideshare drivers it only right. helps delivery drivers i'm gonna say there has to be more along the lines of like seattle yeah you know but the thing to- is is seattle crossed a line that very much has me worried that the next meeting, because we already know the Teamsters have been involved in every meeting up there, but right. the Teamsters are going to get their meeting next time because they're now giving you a uh, sick and, uh, and family leave paid time. Right. And to do that, that there is never ever in the history of this country, been an independent contractor, freelancer, self-employed who gets that privy. Right. Only but, only W two employees get that. Right. So what what does that mean? What I'm what I'm saying though is going future though, we're gonna have to have some type of legis legislative inter- intervene. Yeah. We just have to, because you you can't you can't continue to let Uber and Lyft pay fifty cents a mile. No. You you just can't. Right. But don't you think? I mean, like as much as we bag on them, don't you think that they do the math and say, is it better for us to fight everything? Or just to kind of say, okay, let's bump the pay up a little bit and see I, if they're rail back off. I, I think it would take one state. Well, we actually, we said that and Seattle did it. Um, I, I would say it had to take one state to make them dramatically change. But of course that's not true. Cause we've, we've seen a couple states now that have done stuff in Uber and it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. So I, I think it's going to have to be like a whole federal level type thing for which, Uber and Lyft already, to which already is in place to right. really do damage that right which which is never used, it's never what the driver wants though and that's that's what i think a lot of people miss with these laws like I, i'm not for laws regulating you know gig work but at the same time right. i am for them making things better for drivers 
Right. But the problem with all these laws being passed is none of these people rely on gig work income. There's some, you know, politician making hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year, cozy little office. None of them rely on it. So how can you tell somebody this is what you need when they don't have to live off the same means? They all get free health care. We don't get yeah. free health care. Yeah. So how are you going to tell me what's best for me when you're not in the same boat as me? In right. fact, you're on that luxury cruise ship and I'm, I'm down here in a rowboat. Right. I mean, and I know people with like uh, severe things going on with their health. So they've been on personal health plans for a while. Those don't really carry over to like low grade Obamacare type plans. No, and they're and still you expensive. Would find, Dude, I can't afford yeah. to have... Like I pay more for my insurance, but I have all my stuff covered. I can't afford to pay for everything out of pocket with X, Y, Z that I have or whatever that, I mean, it, it really, a lot of those, you know, it's, I, I, it's smoke and mirrors, it's press, all that kind of stuff. I honestly believe, cause I mean, even, um, one of our friends on YouTube had, had priced out, uh, um, the, the prop 22 healthcare. And he said, all it was, was Obamacare. That's it. Mm-hmm. He said, it's Obamacare. He said, I, I can go get Obamacare without Uber. Yeah, you but know? they they get the reimbursement is what they get. Partial. Yeah. And But he had said like whatever Uber was charging for those plans, like he, I guess his point was like, like it was, let's say it was $200. He, he could get the same thing for, uh, for $200 with a different company, same perks through Obamacare. Right. But so it's like, why this didn't save me any money. You just put me with a different company that. Right. Really that Uber's paying, more. A, Uber's paying a portion of it too, is what it is. Right. But, so I guess what I'm saying is inflated. Are... It's an inflated price though on yeah. that plan. And, but even the deductibles and things, they're like $6,500 deductible. Yeah. You know, before the plan even kicks in. So, yeah. I mean, well, man, yeah, my, I gotta be honest. I'm major. I'm guessing most independent contractors are in the same boat as me. Maybe not as extreme. I recently changed mine to 10,000 because I'm at this point, I just have it as like, you know, like only if like the bottom fell out. Yeah. I mean, and that's the sad part about it is that's what you have to do. With those plans is you have to hope that if you have to use it, it's for something serious. So that way the insurance does take care of it because it, it's not, it's not good for every regular, like, you know, you can probably tell by my voice, I'm a little sick, you know, for me to go to the doctor, well, that's a hundred dollar copay and then whatever the meds are. And then the mm-hmm. deductible, I got to pay off of that. It's like, yep. it's not even worth it. I might as well just sit at home here and hope, hope it goes away. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's people in the position, not like you and I, not like I'm saying Gary and I aren't rich. However, we have things that we do at home too. I have content creation, he codes and stuff. So that's something we have to weigh in that time anyway. But what about to the people who don't, who have to pay their bills? You know, it's like they have to go out or they, they shouldn't, but they have to go out and work. Right. They have no other choice. Right. So, I mean, it is a mess, but it's like, I don't, I just want, and I know all the listeners, we just don't want to go so far that it's union, you know, or employee. Cause they, I think some States, I think Washington's an example. I think they're getting pretty close, man. To the no. next one being the Teamsters one. And this I, is the I third hate, update, guys. I hate to say this, but we actually do need a, not a union, but we do need a group 
that speaks for the rideshare drivers or gig workers in each state, not a union per se, but something that has to be passed through this group first before it can yep. even be considered. That's kind of what Stephanie V Hill is trying to pass out here in, 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 in Colorado. And I got to say, guys, um, this is one of the, again, Gary already said it. So we're kind of, I'll probably kind of end it with that as we're running out of time. But what I'm going to say is that, you know, none of us want legislation, but we kind of need legislation. But with legislation, once you let it in the door, it doesn't leave. It's not like we made our deal by it's in there. And then it just, it, it mutates and it gets either, you know, it gets worse. They add things, whatever. And around the country right now, we're hearing about all these different States wanting, well, we want to be paid this and this per mile. And we want this, or we're going to make you be employees or we're going to, they're all doing different things. But one, one thing you can't find, it was out for a minute, but one thing you won't see in the regular media every, everywhere, if you are looking into these companies, is what's going on in Colorado because it's not, they know that it's not as popular stuff to print because there's no dollar amount behind it. And they know that it's just related to really the drivers, even though the customers benefit. The, the uh, Senate Bill 23098 that Stephanie has adopted, as long as there's nothing behind that, and no trap doors, I am 100% for it. Full transparency to the driver. You have to, you have to present that. That's part of the legislation. You have to show it. And I agree with that. I've, that's been a fight of mine forever. Like, cause I am an independent contractor, like traditional. So, I mean, like I, I would never do a job without knowing the pay first. So yeah, I need to know all the details. I need everything to make my decision. And the only other thing that this bill is asking for, see, it doesn't have any dollar amounts in there, is that you have the right to appeal a wrongful deactivation. This can get sticky because there are some that will appeal in any way and were deactivated for good reason. But I do believe we need that right. Hopefully, like, they'll find a way to deal with it better. But we do need that right. We do need the right to be, like, if I put in so much time and effort into something, even though I'm an independent contractor, I shouldn't just be terminated and then find out that they meant a different Steve. Or, or they should have to consider our dash cam footage, things like that. Yeah. You know that right now they can just currently be like, yeah, we don't want to see that. No, you should have to see that if you're deactivating. Me. Right. Or like you said, maybe that goes to like, maybe that's where the group comes in. Right. That goes to a group and to some house and, and state Senate members who watch it together. Right. I mean, look, guys, we got to we got to start talking again. You know, the pandemic made it so that we didn't talk at all. You know, social distancing. Remember those words like you had to be 10 feet apart, you know, masks on and stuff. And then all of a sudden we come out of this pandemic and it's time to take the masks off and everybody's a jerk. You know, everybody's turned into kind of an ass. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, man. Like, I think a lot of people agree. Like, dude, just in general, just people are asses. You know, and and the, people get wound up easy and we got to start talking again. And this, this needs to be talked about or else it, it could go downhill very quickly, in my opinion. Just my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, but you guys, uh, that's our time for today. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank Gary for joining me. And um, be safe, earn smart, and we will see you back here next week on the Rideshare Rodeo Audio Podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a good week. Have a good week. I'm a man.